0: Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. I'm Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors. And thanks for joining us this afternoon. I guess maybe you could be joining us in the morning. You could be joining us in the middle of the night. I don't know. So good day to you. How's that sound? Good day. Good day, mate. As, as sometimes we've mixed this up a little bit because now to my left, not Brian Martin, he's on a mountain somewhere in British Columbia. But I do have bleep. Actually, bleep, I like you better on my left. Okay, I got to okay. tell you. So we need here. to we need to keep this rolling. So we got bleep, Brian Leslie, the yeah. great Brian Leslie. We have people in Australia. We, hello. It, it, hello. Uh, hello, <laughs> I could. I, I'm terrible at accents unless I unless I'm with somebody with them, and then I catch myself like actually doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's like super weird. Yeah, exactly. Across from me again is the great the great bull killer. <laughs> great bull killer. Three ninety three. You know what that represents? The number of inches to the bull that Brad Dana passed up in the morning. And the good news is, is we found him again in the afternoon. I just wanted better footage. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Did they really say that? Uh, the, <laughs> Actually, he looked at the footage. He looked at the footage and went, "Whoa!" So we were vetting. We were vetting Brad as a as a hunter, and he almost failed. No, I'm teasing. There, uh,
1: there was a big bull shot yeah, two days ago too. I heard that. So I saw a picture of it. It was an eight by seven. Once, one the uh, seventh on the left side was busted off. Big bull though. Yeah, big-bodied
0: bugger. Yeah, I saw that, and, uh, and I don't know, though, uh, with the broken point, he doesn't have as much mass no. and beam length as No, he
1: doesn't. No, it's, it's I, I no. saw it.
0: Yeah, great times. It's a great bull. Yeah, great bull, but it's hard to be nine, uh, 393. But then Ty killed the 416. But anyway, Brad yeah. Dana, Brad Dana, big bull killer Brad Dana is here. And uh, we do miss Brian Martin on here. We miss the colorful commentary, and he'll be back soon. He is hunting, so in case you guys are wondering where he's at. And, he's a nomad. Um, he, he had to go, uh, he'd been in one place longer than he'd been in his entire adult life and he had to get rolling. So, um, anyway, but he'll be back. I think he's missing us cause uh, we love him and he's happy here and all that crap. So anyway, um, so Brad, we're going to talk today about our vetting process. What do you think? Vet him, vet him, vet him. Vet we've done some vetting over we've the Lots years.
1: of vetting. Uh, it's funny because I was just, Thinking about that yesterday, and I don't know why, about some of the camps that we vetted. Because we've been caged up because right,
0: covid is the same crap. The scamdemic. No, you know what? If you believe in it, I believe in it. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, the election infection.
1: So um, my buddies. <laughs> so here's the reality of it. We finally, I know people who've had COVID now. <laughs> I, I know a number of people. I do too. Um, so we went for forever here, and there was no. Four days after we killed your bull. <laughs> right anyway. but uh the, fortunately the people it's weird a couple of people have died i'm doing air quotes right there from covid and i know of one person who was nine she was 92 and they're and the family's upset because she died she had stage four cancer um battled that for a long time and she died and they told her after her death they tested her and said she died from covid so Beats. Your uncle. Didn't that
0: just happen to your uncle?
1: So it beats him Afterwards. Up. Yeah, because they have an insurance, a cancer insurance policy, and so they're trying to fu- – I mean, anyway. Yeah, whatever. But, I mean, it's just crazy, you know. I mean, but uh my friend is running a marathon on her day 14. She got out of quarantine, and she's running a marathon on day 14. She kept training. She, she said she felt a little I, off one day.
0: I have – uh I have digressed this conversation since <laughs> let it dominate. yeah don't let's say hey, let's not COVID dominate our vetting process the hell with that but anyway the reason you were thinking Crazy. of vetting is because we've been cooped up because <laughs> Canada we, we were supposed to be up vetting um, well I had two outfitters that we were vetting you had an outfitter that we were uh, going in to vet and uh, um so yep. we, we should have already vetted probably uh, with everybody six to seven new camps and we have none under our belt I know why I we're ha- starting here in a week so. I got
1: I got a text this morning from a friend friend. friend who I'll show you his picture that we sent into a camp shot a great big he had a successful hunt and he asked me if we if if we've hunt if we booked for this so-and-so and And I said actually we don't I said we we believe there's better places for more economical amounts and uh, so on and he goes that makes me happy because he apparently is hunted in that camp and and he's just getting started with us as one of our members that he'll
0: be here next week Um, actually this thursday um he sent me the same text um so anyway um so anyway i believe it's the same person i I don't want to leak it out because if you don't want to if you want to have them have anonymity um i I do too but anyway but i was thinking of some of the camps that we've been
1: successful at that we that didn't pass our vetting criteria just just because you shoot an animal doesn't mean That
0: uh, there's a lot more to it than just killing something. Right. So, so, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to share this today because what we did when we just, just so everybody knows, I just want everybody to understand what we did when we put this all together, because we, we, we started a one dimensional booking service almost 10 years ago. Okay. And uh, we knew shortly, right after we got started, it, that we were going to be booking hunts. And, uh, um, you know, uh, and, and we wanted to, and we did. But we needed to make sure they met a certain criteria. And to be different in the industry, we had to have been there or known somebody, or we had to have at least a vetting process that they went through because if if I'm my own avatar before this, I was flying around airplanes looking for something to go, and I would call outfitters who not looking for some place to go. when I had no time, okay I had a lot of mo- I had enough money when I had no money i didn't have a lot of time. Does that make sense so w- when i didn't have a lot of money to hunt t- I didn't want to waste a week and not get something or have a bad experience. And when I had the money, then I didn't want to waste the time. Did I say that right? That I didn't want to waste the money when I had no time. And when I had the money, I didn't want to waste my time.
1: There are diverging scales of time versus income.
0: A- exactly. And so so I think a lot of people go through this. But no, no matter where you're at in that spectrum, we wanted to make sure that we put together a plan and a process and a protocol that had some compliance to it that held our outfitters and our adventure deliverers uh, to a standard. And so if you go on our adventure tab, and, and uh, we had Kelly and Lindley on a podcast here talking about um, us and what they do in here and how this works, and their their emotional attachment was fun to hear of what they get to do and, and how they like uh, um, what they do here. But we have a description of the hunt. But how we came up with this formula is we put the best outfitters in the country, in the country, in a room. And I, I the biggest of the big names from Utah to Alaska to Wyoming, um, as South Dakota, Montana, we had them all on a call together. And we said, when you're booking a hunt, what do you, what do people ask you? What are you looking for? And then when we came into your outfit, what were we looking for? So species, average class, shot opportunities, weapons, uh, how long is my shot, how far is my shot going to be, uh, classification details, uh, weapon descriptions, what, what to bring as a weapon, what, what's expected, uh, the available status of the licensing, um, the uh, um, tag availability, you know, just... Uh, um, uh, uh, application process the hunt experience the uh, the menu the physical condition the lodging everything and so we wanted to support that the gear list what's expected what gear is coming from the outfitter, what gears you need to bring the media um, and a lot it, it's impossible for most outfitters to put a website together to have the depth of what we've put together on our adventure catalog so I guess I wanted to talk to uh, about that today being being very specific in this outline for this particular podcast because I want I want people to understand hunters adventure seekers to understand what we've done and how we've done it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that, that's super important to me um, and I know it is to you but uh, um when we go in to vet first thing is we like to stay anonymous maybe you can speak to that
1: yeah well we go into a camp and we try we, Uh, we try to not announce ourselves as you know we just want to be another party in camp Mm -hmm. um and sometimes that works great and sometimes it doesn't and why i I think for some reason we want to remain anonymous is because sometimes when we had our stinking tv show because they tried to give us the hardest hunt possible in these adventure camps said okay let's see these tv heroes let's see if they can hang or they're going to have to hang at the base camp or if they're going to need a shower every night or if they can walk a mile.
0: <laughs> Brian Martin would have a lot to add to this right now. If he was uh. On here. <laughs> mm.
1: But, uh yeah, you know, we try to we try to have an objective view. Uh, and it's hard because when we go into hunts now, it's it's uh, there's a business relationship. Also, we have to think about, OK, what if we bring uh, Freddie in here and uh, you know what's he gonna get and we'll, uh, you know we're looking out we have a lot more to think about
0: than just the hunt well we're going in eyes and ears wide open right to all, all to to meet all all of who's going to be looking at this adventure because when it goes into our software and that algorithm grabs it to match it with the the members best matches. We gotta have a lot of language in there and details. So, um, because we gotta know the, the physicality uh, of the hunt, um, the uh, the the food, the lodging, uh, you know, the trophy size, um, just e- everything, right down to how far will your average shot be? Because some guys, you know, they go, yeah, two or three hundred yards is a long shot for them, and sometimes two 300 is a large shot, a long shot for me, depending on the conditions. But our approach going into camp is very specific in the fact that we just we want to go enjoy the experience and what they provide, so we can get the details necessary to bring it home, and then match that with the appropriate uh, adventure seeker.
1: I would say one of the things that sticks out in my mind is Dr. Google is a horrible resource. It can, I mean, it can be good for what it can be good for, but it also, I mean, it, it, it gets overused and people look at the website. Some people are really good with the website. Some of our best outfitters have the poorest websites and they just, it's not their deal. Um, they don't need them. And, but some of the best websites have the poorer camps, and it's really hard to differentiate that. And I mean, if you go, I mean, like some people say, oh, let's go to the sheep show and meet the outfitter and look him, look him in the eye. Well, I mean, sometimes you need muck boots and a scoop shovel, too, because, I mean, they, there's a, they, uh, you know, there's good storytellers, and that's a hard way. Um, it's a, that's a really challenging way. Yeah, I mean, to, one, to, one of the to outfitters. Talk to somebody and vet them by talking to them.
0: Right. One of the outfitters we absolutely been to and we've had, and we, we've we just, and, and we did vet for, or we did book for, and we let them go as an outfitter. Um, he might be the best storyteller. Oh, and, I and, know
1: exactly who you're talking and, about. And the
0: best guy to talk to you've ever met at a show. Right. Um, and it's Russian roulette if you have a good uh, experience. We went over there, outfitted him or vetted him and we had an unbelievable experience cuz he knew the dichotomy of the relationship was going to be us feeding him dollars and honors and so our experience was amazing right it was just absolutely extraordinary but then you know and you go to a show and meet the guy and he's totally unbelievable i know what that so, i know what that is too right so so what we got to do
1: um uh, uh. Bleep, you're going to have to. He, I know we got him distracted. Lindley no. came in here. No, no, oh.
0: no. No, no. So, so it's just it's amazing right. to me. I, I could think of a million things, and I feel, like, I feel like we're shotgunning this, not rifling it, because there's so much here. Um, but when we go into camp, we are eyes and ears wide open, looking at everything, because what makes a great adventure is organization, the small details taken care of. And I, I've had better experiences not killing an animal than I have killing an animal. Right, and uh, that's um,
1: exactly what what I was. My point was, killing an animal does not make a. I mean, does not mean the camp gets vetted uh, and uh, the stamp of approval. Plus, um, I, like I'm a skept, I'm skeptical. We we have a pretty thorough vetting process before any of us ever potentially get to a camp because quite frankly we don't want to have a bad experience when we get there um it, it's just not worth the time and we don't have enough time to go check out failures we try to we try to squeeze those out before we get into that
0: camp yeah and, and failures and, and i appreciate you saying that because failure is different In every situation. So before we even go into camp, that's such a good point. We want to know, first of all, they have to send us their geographical area of where we're hunting or we won't go there. Okay. Um, You know, uh, um, you went on one one time that I didn't go on. It turned out well. You killed a moose on the last day of the hunt. Um, it was a great moose, but we never, ever, ever, ever booked another moose hunt in there um, again. That's an it, example. That, example of exactly. I'm giving, yeah. I'm giving an example. When when I wa- when I wasn't willing, to when he wasn't willing to get me a geographical um, or a topographical map or topographical map, depending on how you want to say it, um, I, I just, I, I wasn't going. We want a topographical map of where we're going to go hunt. The second thing is is um, uh, we, we want to know, well, for a couple of reasons back up. We want to know game density. We want to know the research. We can find out in that area before we go in there, OK? Second thing we want to know is how long have they been vetting it or uh, hunting it, and how long have their guides been hunting it? Because that's the other thing. If they got brand new guides hunting a brand new area, um, it, it it it's going to be a tough tough show. And then what's their process for developing a guide to be hunting that area? The the third thing we want to know um, after that is you know we want to know trophy quality and w- w- game density. What are we going to see? What's your average hunter going to experience? Because here's what we found out also. If, if we have hunters seeing something and there's game in the area, it's, it, it's easier to prepare them uh, for a hunt and there's a higher uh, amount of joy involved in the hunt for most people. Now, we can go not see an animal because we know we're trophy hunting if we're on that type of adventure, but your mind's got to be prepared for it. So I'm just giving some examples, specifics of what we actually look at. But those three things are giant going in, food, lodging, all that stuff, it, you know, th- that, that's important, but that gets categorized down the list quite a little, because the adventure is established first on... Uh, what
1: well, depends on the hunt.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, that's it, what I'm saying. If you
1: wake up at three, and there's, you know, a couple of the package of donuts and a bagel, and I mean, that's not what your expectation is, detracts
0: from... Uh, It could detract from the hunt, it it just depends. And that's what we got to know and that's that's why we go in. Because some people say breakfast, okay what's breakfast? Well if breakfast is a granola bar, pour your own cereal, (laughs) that's awesome. But if uh, um, but if, if we send some guy and his father-in-law in there and the father-in-law was expecting eggs and bacon for breakfast and they're like, mm, we don't usually do that, well then that, that can derail the whole thing.
1: I would say the Dr. Google research, when they talk, is they want to know, they want the best hunt for the least amount of money. That's what, uh, I mean, tip, a stereotypic uh, assessment would be, I want... I want to be covered up in animals and I want it as cheap as possible. But uh, that those two things don't necessarily coincide with a quality hunt either. I mean, what's your success rate? That's
0: a tough question to ask an outfitter. Well, it, that's it's, why we it's was, not well, a fair question, even. And to what, ask an what else is not a fair question is shot opportunity. Right. Because everybody's definition of shot opportunity is different. Right. I mean, some guy can get down on a rifle in three seconds and you can kill a doll sheep off the top of the mountain and peel it off and say, okay, there was your shot opportunity after 20 days of hunting. You had, you had 26 seconds to find the ram in your scope, get it down, lay down, throw your pack down, and put a bullet in it and anchor a ram. Right. Well, for 95% of the human beings on planet Earth, maybe 98%, that's not going to be considered a shot opportunity to them, and the outfitter might go, there was your opportunity. You didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? And so it, there's so much ambiguity to shot opportunity, you know? Right. Um, and uh, um, so that, that's such a good point. Um, and so that, that's what we have to know. The other thing is, is there's, there's also one. It's called personality. Lindley right. and Kelly mentioned that last time on, on, the, uh, on one of the podcasts we've done uh, talking about personalities and the outfitter that's willing to get involved. Um, you know, if you find a wall wall outfitter and they're usually not the, the most, uh, the the best storytellers. Some of them
1: aren't, some of them are the best storytellers. Some of them are
0: you're like so, Aaron, Aaron. Oh my Aaron, gosh! Aaron's the best, and joke teller
1: too, man.
0: But you know what? He's not always. It's funny because Aaron's unbelievable. One of the best outfitters we have. Best storyteller. Best joke teller. Best experience in camp. You get him on the phone, and he's hard to maneuver through a conversation on the phone. But you it's get him. Quiet. It, 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 What's up, brother? Yeah, that's because he knows you. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't say that to anybody else. And it's just interesting. So that that like, guy like that. You know, that, that's ex- a perfect example of one that might not interview well on the phone, but you would want him on the mountain with you every day, any day of the week. You know, and, but, but listen, we're, we're, I feel like we're primarily focused on um, big game. There's, there's a lot to be said. Um, Lindley and I have, uh, the last two summers, been vetting fishing adventures. Um, and we just had a fishing adventure with one of the guides. He did okay, did good. But it, it was just a routine he was going through his everyday routine. I was just another guy in his boat on another day and going through the process. Well, those guys don't land on our adventure. Uh, you gotta put your butt in the chair, don't you? You get be, gotta be the patient. Yep, you gotta be the patient and that's really what we're trying to do. So, so tell me, so, so give it, without divulging uh, names, give us the best story of vetting you've ever had.
1: The best story of vetting? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Uh, man i i don't even know
0: how to qualify that i mean the best time i've had in camp sure what's what's the best vetting experience you've ever had you went in blind and you weren't expecting much and you came out going holy smokes i i would send everybody that wants this type of adventure
1: well for me it's usually going to be a big western adventure so Uh, which one is that um (laughs) what's my favorite hunt alaska and bc that, that's hard. I, well, not your I favorite
0: hunt. What's your most wowed when you were vetted? I mean, my
1: most wowed when I'm when vetted yeah, is my biggest, no, wildest when adventure. You, when
0: you were I, vetting, what was your most wow?
1: That's what I'm saying. My, my most wow is, for me, what, I, what, what wows me is, maybe, is probably different because I like to be, there's no cell towers anywhere. You're on maybe a I'm cell not phone. i explaining
0: myself right. <laughs> so I'll give you an example. Okay. Here, 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 here's what wowed me the most. So we we blind vetted a um, a adventure travel uh, vacation last year in Alaska my, with my wife and my son, yeah. and we set it up and we used an air service an air taxi service, and I went on a bear viewing thing, and for me. I guess, you know, that's not very, that's pretty civilized to fly into the Alaska wilderness where there's bear viewing would be considered civilized for a lot of the hunts I've done, you know, considering I've been in Siberia and Russia uh, in the sh- hunting Koriak sheep. Um, but I was wowed by the vetting process because I sat there and got wrapped up into something I never thought I'd get wrapped up into. That five day adventure, a different type of adventure every day out of Anchorage, with an air taxi service, wowed me. And I didn't anticipate being wowed. I came back and went, dude, I would send a million guys on this with their wife and their kids that are adventure seekers, because they get the float experience, the, the, the bush plane kind of, with a float a plane, they get to land on a beach, they get they get 90% of it in small enough doses that everybody's gonna love it, and you're gonna love Having watching people experience what you experience because my kids got to fly on a bush plane and, and land on the water. They got to fly in, on a plane and land on the beach. Th- they got everything that you get. That's the first that you go, whoa, that's cool. Without you know um, eating mountain house and waiting for a, a, a sausage airdrop from a super <laughs> cub. You know what I'm saying. And so that was one of my big wows. Another one of my big wows was um, we we vented a uh, um, a pheasant hunting adventure. And, uh, um, and I was like, mm. and now since that I've done that, my kids go there. I've had the greatest experience with both my boys there. Um, I'm going to become a member again this year. My son my was Washington.
1: talking about it yesterday to me. Right. Actually. So that,
0: that's what I'm saying. Not, yeah. not what I like, but what my wow was. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Those were two for me that I just went, wow, this, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Brad, Brad doesn't ever vet anything that's not uber cool and super tough. That no, takes no, b- I like That I, takes balls the size of giants. No, I just... And, uh, and, and, and has intestinal <laughs> fortitude re- written all over it. Um, but I can tell you stories about him crying like a baby for his life in places, too. So, anyway... Um, <laughs>
1: No, it, it's <laughs> it, it's. <laughs> ah,
0: I'm rolling him over. Beep, 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 beep. Come on, bleep! Don't you beat this out? I'm rolling him over. So anyway, no, I I like I like
1: all of it. I like some. I sometimes I even like the travel. Um, sometimes you, you know you like to fly. For instance, uh, a year or two ago, when we jumped in a car and hauled butt 26 hours i enjoy even that i mean i enjoy the road trip part i I enjoy getting out of normal run-of-the-mill day um love spearfish but it's super to get out and experience new stuff and uh, of course i love the big west uh big remote and and all of that is a wow to me every time every time i go to something like that it's wow um and I even I can even live vicariously through the pictures of some of our clients coming back. Even after we've vetted places, it's like you get to re-vet them by the stories and the the conversation. And uh, and some some of our outfitters, you know, life experiences change, game changes, you know, Canada's rules change. Um, so I like I like the whole aspect of getting to do it and participate in it. And you guys, I mean, you spend, you guys you're in the office all day four days that i'm not
0: yeah we we see a lot of different adventures that come across our desk and 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 you know we have a formula um, of how we start our vetting process and it's it's really specific but for for me um those are those are my wow's um, uh, my i don't want to say bad ones cuz honestly in ten years, I have, can't remember vetting one that I went, wow, that was a miserable. Because I go in with a mindset going, I'm, I'm here to vet this place. So, and I do like to travel. You know that I- I've travel doesn't bother me because I did it so much. Traveling to Alaska is is like finding ten cents in your uh, couch. Um, it's just a part of the process of tipping the couch over, compared to traveling to LA and then on a turnaround to get to New York and then on a turnaround to get to Atlanta because you have three business meetings in a week and six seminars and the, that that travel is just you know grinding. So me vetting outfitters is not like I've not had a like when I would say well that was terrible. What I find most of the time when people say they were the bad outfitter it was they were they were booked into the wrong experience, their expectation level, and what the outfitter had disconnected. One of the things you have to remember when you're booking a trip and you're not using a resource like us is that the outfitter to some degree has to sell you what he has because he only has a limited, he has so much inventory and when he gets it sold, he's made his money for the year. Does that make sense? On a lot of these hunts. So it's, it's, they're by nature in a situation where they have to market themselves and look for why you would love this experience. And sometimes through that marketing and trying to make that sale, there's a disconnect. And by the time the guy gets into camp, what he expected and what the outfitter can provide, they're on two different touch points. And that's where communication and preparation didn't deliver. However, I had an experience last year that I went on an antelope hunt. And uh, if you're listening, uh, the outfitter probably listens to our podcast. Great outfitter. We booked for him. Okay. And I wanted to kill a big antelope. And so I, I paid full pop to go kill a big antelope and I went up there and in three days, in three days, I put on 39 miles on my feet, backpack, uh, all your stuff for the day on your pack, uh, hunting. And it was an antelope hunt, antelope hunt. I was not anticipating that. Now, was I in good enough shape to do it? Yep. Did I keep up? Yep did I stay in it? Yep. Did we have a positive experience? Yep. But for 99.999% of the people that want to go on an antelope hunt, that's not what they're going to have in their mind. And so booking that antelope hunt for It's still not people, a bad
1: antelope hunt, but it's it's, it's just, not it's not the anticipated antelope that's hunt. Right. I mean, uh, there's a, the, we, we have 50 antelope hunts that more people yep. are going to enjoy.
0: Now, we booked we book that guy for a lot of other stuff, though. Right. That's Yeah, and his other stuff's awesome. It's just that that antelope hunt was a surprise. So it's very seldom I get surprised, but sometimes you do. But that was probably the biggest surprise or the biggest wow I ever had going into a hunt. In 10 years, it happened last year. Um, Have I been on some hunts that I wanted to get out of camp a little earlier than I did? Yeah, probably. But for the most part, what I found out is a lot of outfitters are really great at what they do. They're good at hunting. They're good at providing an experience. They're good at taking you out there. Um, they're not all good business people. They're not all super well organized. Um, but they, for the most part, yeah. are genuinely good hunters, and they want to provide something good for you. Um, and uh, um, I always lean towards the Outfitters' uh, side when it comes to a discrepancy simply because I have I have so much empathy for them, you know? Um, well, it,
1: it, You're more ambiguous than that, on your, you're more neutral, but you, I think you see, you've seen enough of both sides.
0: I've seen enough of both sides. That, to that's know that,
1: probably a better way to say it. Yeah, I because
0: think. because a lot of people, especially the Henrys of the world, and I get it, man. I live in a Henry world in, in financial services with a lot of my buddies, and they have high expectations. But you can't control weather. You can't control game, uh, uh, you know, if it's there or not that day. If it, if it's, if it shuts down, the if it's moon's out all night. Uh, there's a million parts to this equation that the outfitter has no control right. over and so then when people get back and say yeah I only saw three deer the whole time I was there or you know blah 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 yeah okay was the food good yeah but that didn't matter was the weather bad yeah well the weather sucked he could have he could have he could have right. they could have they could have they could have that's always a tough call when you get into that situation so um you know uh positive enthusiastic enthusiastic uh, enthusiastic optimism is always a good trait to have
1: well we actually have outfitters that we do very little with that have phenomenal game but they're so crusty and ornery and cantankerous that it's mm-hmm. it's not worth putting people yeah. in those camps either I yeah mean, so it can work both ways man. yeah
0: well you know what i love about what we <laughs> don't done
1: have, don't ever take a to put a guy in a crusty cantankerous old farts camp especially if he's going to quit chewing that week
0: yeah exactly <laughs> and he's been <laughs> chewing for 30 years so so i guess, I guess the thing is guys we i don't want to say we 've seen it all, but we've seen a bunch, and uh, we experience a bunch every year, like that situation. we could probably write a book on the craziness of vetting all these outfitters. Right. And uh and it's been uh it's been an arduous process. However, it's been an amazing experience going through it. It's been amazing. I've loved every minute of it. Good, bad, and ugly. It's it's uh added something positive to my life.
1: Hey, we have uh two more camps we're vetting later this fall. I need to get my
0: tickets booked to Alaska. Yes you do. I, I've I've I speaking of Alaska, I've been with an outfitter in Alaska that said stay left and he meant stay right and when he thought I might be dead down at the bottom of a uh, of a canyon, yeah, we got bad back works. to cam. <laughs> and, and and I prayed to Jesus every inch around the cliff as I was skirting around with an eighty pound pack on. Well, do, and uh Is that now stay left I think stay they call left creek stay, or uh, oh shit creek? I think they call it <laughs> I call I think they still call it Stay Left Creek. So go uh, um just uh Oh that's right, you're from past, Iowa. Yeah, just Creek because uh, stay left creek. Yeah. So it's creek. It's not a crick. It's spelled C-R-E-E-K. It's a creek. Okay? It's okay. not a crick. It's a creek. Stay left, it, crick. It's what? It's a creek if you're down south. It's not a crick. If it's spelled creek, creek, and it's a creek. Um, so anyway, yep, I'm going to go to the creek, uh, and uh, I'll see you later.
1: But that's, that's one advantage. And there's I, – I, you know, I don't know all the agents. I mean, I think we're very unique in that. But one of the things that we work really hard on, I would say – Is, okay, this is, here's Joe Blow. Joe Blow, I can tell you this is going to be a good hunt, but these are things you're not going to fit in at that camp. I got a better camp put you in. Yeah. And we do a pretty good job of, of, we try really hard. Well, we
0: work with our advisors all day, every day. On on, we have tools and resources for them to learn all of this, yeah. and and so and we do hunt the world, and and we work super hard to make sure our advisors on on you know on thir- uh, Tuesday nights we do hunt the world um, all year long except for hunting season October and November we take hunt the world off, um, but I'm telling you, you want a resource, just go to rollingbones.com and uh, log in. Go to one of our hunts and. Ask a question about it. Send a message to our concierge service or to, uh, um, I guess, a service request is what it is. And uh, one of us will call you back. Kelly, Kyle, Lindley, Mary, Brian, Brad, myself, Brian. Um, We'll get a hold of you. And, uh, you know, check us out. Um, Either that or, I know this is super old fashioned, but you might want to try this. 605, see if your phone still works this way. 605-644-8000. And when we pick up and say, Good morning, Rolling Bones Outdoors. How can we help you? Don't pass out. We speak English and we can get you some good service. And we don't, hey, now listen, if you don't speak English, okay, we're pretty bad at Spanish, but we'll figure something out, okay? Um, and uh, we're all the- Long shot. Language. So, anyway. <laughs> that's all the
1: Russian we know, long shot.
0: <laughs> long shot, yeah, long shot. Um, that That's, that's uh, Russian. So anyway, you, you know what? Hey, until until next week. okay? Happy hunting. Be safe. Everybody here is working for you to help you find your next adventure in your trip of a lifetime. So um, and uh, go tell somebody about this podcast. Uh, we'd love to uh, bring more information, uh, service, access, value, and education to more people. So appreciate you tuning in today. Have a great rest of your week.